listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. I don't know about you, but if I had a single superpower, it's probably my ability to leave a party early. I can't tell you how many times I've bumped into friends. They're like, dude, after you left, shit got really crazy and wild. And then they describe the evening that happened. And I think, wow, I'm, I'm really glad I missed out on all of that. Uh, so it's not a great superpower, but it certainly kept me out of trouble and has certainly prevented many a hangover or awkward encounter the following day. Sarah Jane, do you have a superpower? Uh, I think I used to when I was in like elementary school. I was always like teacher's pet and I always knew all the right answers. I don't know. Somehow that was my superpower. Yeah, but did you literally transform into a pet? And if so, what form did you take? I did not, but I absolutely would have taken the form of a cat like (laughs) they do in this show. Although that would not would have been to my name. Jordan, what's your superpower? Autism. (laughs) My superpowers are autism and the ability that i can somehow still have a sex life going on estrogen yeah it's a good one to have i mean look everybody's got a superpower right i mean there's nothing special about it i mean you think superpowers are like being able to fly or shoot lightning out of your fingers or turn invisible but there's lots of superpowers that we have to get through the day and to help me get through this review i am joined by two of my super friends jordan hello and sarah jane (laughs) hey now We're here today to talk about a brand new Hulu TV series called Extraordinary. It's a British-made superhero comedy about a world very much like our own, except everybody has a superpower. At first, this sounds really cool until you realize that most of the superpowers are kind of lame. Some people have good ones. Some people have some questionably useless superpowers. But everybody seems happy with them, except for this one person... Our main character, Jen, played by Mairead Tires, who's 26 years old and still doesn't have a superpower in a world where most people get their superpower on their 18th birthday. She's kind of a hot mess. She's really insecure about her place in the world. She's kind of a loser. She lives with her best friend from high school and her boyfriend, as well as a stray cat who has a mysterious past of his own. Yes, it's another superhero TV show, but with a difference. And I have to say, it turned out to be much better than I anticipated. What did you guys feel about it? As much as, you know, there are superhero stories around, uh, also coming about a dime a dozen are superhero deconstruction stories. And those can be a hit or a miss. But what this does, it's actually very clever. Like, it's not too original a premise. I mean, there have been a dozen stories like this in comics. If you want great superhero deconstruction, go read Astro City. I personally recommend that. But this is great because it is so grounded 
and so effective. It really does draw you in with such a great, interesting main character. This entire main cast is wonderful because they are also some pretty awful people, but this show actually does a great job on rightfully calling everyone out on their bullshit, especially Cass, who I will get into, but I will say Marie Tayers is a fucking breakout star here as Jen. She is just amazing. I didn't really know anything uh, about this. Um, I just saw it was up and it needed another person. And, and so I was like, oh, wait a minute. This sounds like it could be good. And so I had no expectations at all. And I really loved it. Uh, I think the cast was really great. I, I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't sure what to expect, but it drew me in like like the first five minutes. I laughed out loud like five times. And my husband came in and is like, what are you watching? Should I be watching this with you? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> um, and by the end of that episode, I almost cried. I was like, what? This show is like, you know, irreverent and it's crude. You'd think for a Disney show, this content wouldn't be there, but I was, I'm glad that they made it. So I, I really liked it. I think one thing that might turn off some potential viewers is when they hear the word superhero and they might think, oh God, not another superhero show. To Jordan's point, you know, this isn't your standard deconstruction superhero type thing. Everybody in the world has powers, but no one walks around acting like a superhero. And some of these superpowers are so specific as to be occasionally useless, like the ability to generate a soundtrack for any person that you meet, or the guy who can 3D print any object through his ass. I mean, yeah. it's this kind of crazy thing, but everybody's in this world, they're, they're just going about their daily lives. It's a character-based coming-of-age story where people just happen to have superpowers, and that's about as far as they go with the superpower tropes. I mean, in all honesty, I was thinking, this is kind of like, it's always sunny in Philadelphia if you were to give them superpowers. I mean, to me, it felt like the old uh, Misfits TV show crossed with sex education. Kids with superpowers, they're just going about their lives, trying to get jobs, trying to date, trying to find some happiness in this world. And Jen's miserable because all of her friends have superpowers. Even if they're useless, they at least have them. And she is literally one of the least special people on the planet in a world where technically everybody's special. Yeah, and I was going to say, it did bring back to memory misfits in a way for me. And I was also going to bring up on what Sarah Jane said. Like, yeah, the ending of the first episode is, like, so very sweet and poignant. And it really hooks you in and makes you honestly care about Jen. And, yeah, no one is going around being a superhero. Although, like, there is a subplot about that where Cass... Uh, who has the ability, he can turn back time, but only for like a few moments or so. And he tries to, you know, he, he gets up his own ass and becomes a self-important uh, douche. And <laughs> very clearly misuses his power in a way that's like, that is so not healthy. And I look forward to your inevitable breakup with Carrie, who is Jen's best friend, uh, who has the ability to uh, have dead people speak for her, like being an avatar for ghosts. Yeah, she can summon the dead. You know, is Sophia Oxenham, who plays Carrie, was for me the breakout star of this. Uh, she's got so many layers to play. She's the best friend, but she's kind of miserable in her relationship. She's obviously the smartest person in the flat. 
but is so timid and shy and kind of lets everybody walk over her. Mm-hmm. And even though she's the only one with like an actual job at a legal firm, nobody cares about the fact that she's a trained attorney. They just use her to produce dead people you know, when they <laughs> oh have will God. disputes and things. And as she says, nobody really cares about me. They just want to talk to these dead people that I can channel. And she's playing these people. Uh, the voices are dubbed, but her facial expressions and her physical mannerisms, she's often acting two roles in one scene all by herself. And I just thought she was so adorable in this. As much as I like Jen, Carrie is the one who's definitely easier to root for because Jen's pretty toxic. Yeah. And then uh, um, the friends don't want to listen to what she has to say either, really. And she it doesn't really have a backbone. And so she lets them walk all over her. And even, I mean, she tries to confront Jen and it's all about Jen. And it wasn't until they go back to, she's supposed to give an alumni speech. Yeah, yeah, no. And uh, yeah, it all comes to a head in that episode that, that Sarah Jane mentioned, the Jen show. Yes. Jen even finds out that her, admittedly, very snobby and bitchy half-sister, Andy, who on her 18th birthday gained super strength, is like, Oh, wow, Little Miss Perfect isn't so perfect right now because, oh, she didn't get in that school and, oh, she can't control her own strength that she broke her girlfriend's pelvis while trying to finger her. <laughs> Which, by the way, from one lesbian, I salute you. <laughs> that must have been a hell of a night. Uh, again, it's done very earnestly. Like, the realization everyone comes to is like, I'm kind of a piece of shit. I am a doormat for people. Or for Cass, who kind of can't come to his own realization of how horrible he is until the very end. In a very effective scene, I will admit. I like Bala uh, Hansna. That's the best I'm going to do. Who plays Cass. I think he gives a great performance and honestly does bring some layers to the character. It's just like... Matt, you are exactly the wrong type of person who needs a power like you do. Right, because, I mean, the Bilal Hosna character that you mentioned, Cash, he can turn back time, which sounds like it's a cool thing to have unless you're using it to avoid your problems and to never advance and to change the subject every time somebody brings up something unpleasant. And he gets this idea to start a vigilante group, which is, again, in a typical superhero show, you would think, well, everybody's going to be in a superhero group. But in this world, nobody does. In fact, one of the slyest jokes in the first episode is that the gang live above a comic book shop that's boarded up. Because in a world where everybody's become a superhero, why would anybody even care about superhero comics anymore? Yeah. But he sets up this vigilante group with this idea of like, well, we're going to save women because he finds a bunch of lonely nerds who really want to just save women in a way to meet them. And yet, he is neglecting the one woman in his life that he cares about. I mean, everybody uses their powers to kind of get away from their problems. And Jen's doing the opposite. Without any powers, she seems to think that she'll get her shit together once she gets powers. But I think anyone watching is going to realize that, no, that's not true. Her life isn't going to start to make sense once she has powers. She needs to work on herself before that could happen. Right, she's still going to have all the problems, but then she's going to have be a magnet or, you know, listen be able to listen to animals. It's just, <laughs> whatever the superpower is, there's some weird ones for sure. 
Well, there's also shapeshifters in this world, and we get to meet one played by Luke Rollison, who looks like he walked out of an Egon Sheila painting. He's all just skinny, harsh angles and big hair. Uh, and he turns out to be her pet cat, who she calls Jizzlord. <laughs> Uh, which, how Jizzlord gets his name is itself a joke that I won't reveal. But now they have this strange guy in the house who doesn't remember anything about his former life. He got stuck as a cat for a long time. Well, it's not just that. It's also that Jin has magic tits. <laughs> Although all tits are magical. His actual name was Hercule, if you remember. Yeah, Yes, but... <laughs> which I kept waiting for them to start calling him that, but yeah. That's his word. I know. It's great. Sarah Jane kind of mentioned Hercule. Uh, cause we do get an episode where we learn a bit more about Jiz, Jiz Lord's past as a cat, uh, and his former owner. Everything in this is very episodic. It's very episode of the week. They dropped all of the episodes simultaneously. They're only 30 minutes long. And it is a very bingeable show, but it isn't the kind of show that's like this one big story where every episode slams right into the next one. It very much feels like, okay, this is the one where the girls go back to high school. This is the one where they go and find out, you know, uh, how to make some money using Carrie's talents to channel the dead. It's not a very lore-heavy show. It doesn't have a very complicated storyline or major story arcs. The only kind of real arc that I can think of is when we first meet Jen, she wants to go to a clinic that helps people who haven't developed their powers and reawaken them. But it turns out it costs a lot of fucking money, so she kind of has to DIY it herself, as she says, for the whole season. There are elements that do bleed in from episode to episode. It's just not like very heavy, like uh, like a Daredevil on Netflix or anything. It, Like I said, because I was going to mention, like... I really like the last two episodes of this season, especially. Like, I loved the uh, the Jen episode, the Jen show, and the pilot. Like, this whole show is fantastic, but I really love those last two episodes because it really does do great character development. There's some brilliant acting. Like, even from uh, Shaban McSweeney, uh, who plays uh, Jen's quite frankly, not good mother, Mary, who has technology-advanced powers, but of course, she's a boomer adult, and it's not a good mix at all. What's the point of being able to control technology if you don't understand how any of it works? That's, <laughs> what's, that's the best gag in this whole show, and it could have gotten so old, but they keep finding new ways to do interesting things with the shitty powers gag. No, I love that and the vet in the Jizzlord episode. I am so thankful I get to say that sentence. That can honestly talk to animals. And it's like, oh, well, that'd be sweet. But oh, wait, I just realized <laughs> animals can just be dicks sometimes. <laughs> what they do with that is amazing. I really like that episode too. Um, it would be a terrible problem to have because all the pets are just like, you know, I'm going to bite you when you open this cage or like, fuck you or feed me, feed me, feed me, you know. So I think that would just be an awful superpower and I uh, would absolutely not want that. I mean, there's a lot here to unpack. There's a lot here to enjoy. Uh, I certainly don't want to spoil any of it for you if you haven't watched it yet. So why don't we start moving into our final thoughts. Sarah Jane, would you do us the honors, please? Sure. Um, like I said earlier, I had zero expectations for this, other than it was a superhero show, and I was like, all right. Um, so I really loved it. Um, I'm glad that I was on this review. 
Uh, I do want to shout out to Luke Rawlison again as uh, Jizz Lord Hercule. It, it, it jarred me at first because he looks a lot like Daniel uh, Radcliffe, just like a, a skinnier version of him with a bigger head. And so I was like, wait, well, who is this Harry Potter guy? But the more uh, the more you see him interact with Jen, uh, I mean, I just love his story and I think he's great. I don't really have anything more to say. I just think it was great and I don't want to spoil anything because I, every episode has like a really good nugget in it. So I'm just going to go to my rating and um, and we've said this name a hundred times already, but I'm going to give it nine out of ten times they said Jizz Lord on a Disney property. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely not on Disney Plus. Yet, weirdly enough, <laughs> on Disney Plus in the UK, but on Hulu here in the States. Who knows how these things work? But hey, I'm glad we got it on some station to watch. Jordan, what are your final thoughts? Um, I did want to say uh, the actor that played Jizz Lord was very disconcerting to me because it looked a lot like how I used to before I transitioned. That took me a moment to realize, oh, that's not me. I have tits now. So, <laughs> whew, w- w- way to mind fuck me, Hulu. Uh, but yeah, Myrie Tires is a fucking breakout. I, I-, I want to see more of her. I absolutely want to see more of this cast. It's so grounded and very effective and so much different than what you'd expect of a superhero deconstruction. The cast is amazing, has incredible chemistry, and I do want to say, this show has great special effects. It really does. It doesn't, you know, fucking jerk its money dick right in your face. (laughs) It's just, like, it's simple, effective, and really fun. And yeah, just a lot of great character work, a lot of great laughs. I highly, highly, highly recommend this. It's already putting TV to a great start in 2023. So I'm going to give it 9 out of 10 primetime eggs. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you guys. I didn't have any expectations for this. I've kind of got a little bit of superhero fatigue. It comes and goes, but I thought, fine, it maybe it'll be funny. I will say this. Uh, it's not a lore-heavy show. There's no big, you know, third-act finales where they have to save the city from supervillains and have to beat the shit out of people. It's a coming-of-age story about young people who just happen to live in a world with superpowers. Now, at no point do they explain how the superpowers came to be, or how long this has been going on, or why it's happening, or when it began. Now, if you're the kind of person who really wants to know all of those answers, you might find this a little frustrating, because not only do they not answer those things, they don't even question it. You simply do not deal with it at all. On the other hand, it could be kind of a a refreshing change of pace because instead of being hit with exposition and lore dumps and storylines that have to be tracked over multiple episodes, you're just kind of thrown into this world and you just kind of accept, okay, people have superpowers. Some of them are shitty. Some of them are good. And even people with cool superpowers misuse them or use them for lame purposes And you just get a lot of humor out of the bizarre situations that arise uh, episode to episode as Jen and her friends just try to find a way to get through in this strange mixed up world we all live in. Uh, Only theirs is cooler because most of them have superpowers. Yeah, this was charming. It was funny. I thought this young cast was really impressive. 
Showrunner Emma Moran, who doesn't have a lot of credits. Apparently, she wrote this as part of her MFA thesis uh, at the University of Manchester, and it was, you know, shortlisted to be one of the first uh, Disney Hulu stars productions shot in the UK. And I'm very happy to say they have announced a season two. If you enjoyed it as much as me, Jordan, and Sarah Jane did, you definitely want to see another season of this because they definitely set up possibilities for new storylines in season two. I'm looking forward to it. And really, that's about the best thing I can say about any TV show. I want to see more. I'm going to give this eight and a half out of ten racist bunny rabbits. (laughs) All right. So I have some potential baby names for the future. I have Audrey, Mike, Jean-Luc, Jadzia, and now Jizzlord. <laughs> that would be a great superpower is to see a pet or an animal and know its actual name. Like, yes, I know everybody calls you Doug or Benson or Mr. Honeydew, but I know your real name is Captain McFurry Pants. He's like, <laughs> oh, thank you. Someone finally knows my real name. Uh, I had a cat named TV's Frank named after the MST3K character, and I love him. Well, he still ain't no Jizzlord. 